ladies and germs. Thanks for joining us for another week in the Rec Poker Podcast. If you don't know what Rec Poker is, it's a free community for recreational poker players uh, to share their thoughts, their questions, their answers, and their love of the game. So go to rec.poker right now and sign up for free. All it takes is an email address and a smile. We're going to be smiling a lot today because we've got a couple fun guests to talk to later. But first, I want to thank our sponsors, Running Aces, Hotel Racetrack and Casino, and of course, website AMP. And I want to introduce the other members of the Wrecking Crew because it takes a village around here. So Wrecking Crew members, why don't you tell the folks where they can reach you? Uh, well, I'm Chris Jones. You can find me on 5B5 on Twitter and 5x5 on PokerStars. And I'm John Somsky. I'm PokerGeekMN everywhere. I'm Rob Wassum and I'm Rabman50 everywhere. I'm Tim Fritz and I'm Misclick Donkey everywhere. It's true. He is. And I see we're just getting joined by... Uh, Kim Kilroy, so I'll let her introduce herself afterwards. Um, but I want to say a couple of things right off the bat. First of all, we're trying to find out how we can do things better at Rec Poker. So if you have a minute, go to rec.poker slash survey and uh, fill out a few questions that Chris Jones has put together to help us see what we can do uh, even better in 2022. And I just want to thank uh, Colin Anderson and Danny Schneider, who have been fantastic premium members here at Rec Poker for a while. Um, we were going to be doing our Recce's Award show this week, and that has been postponed until later in the spring. But I'm really looking forward to getting together with everybody and celebrating 2021 in Rec Poker. Okay, drum roll, please. It's time. So uh, every once in a while, oh, here, Kim, I don't know if you want to introduce yourself to Rec Poker Nation, just to put off Joe a little longer since we already got the uh, drum roll going. I'll let you jump in when the time is right. Here we are. It's Joe Stapleton and Josh Wilson. We got Joe back, everybody. Yep, that's right. Drum rolls, waves. Um, it's a new year. It's 2022. It had been too long. Uh, Joe, welcome back to the show, and thanks for coming on the air. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cool to be here with my buddy Josh, too. Josh is a friend I made. Can I... This video window won't ever go. It'll away. definitely be the wrong person, but right yeah, there. go for it. Um, anyway, Josh is like one, you know, everyone like made friends during quarantine, like during pandemic with people, like friends that you would never have met before. And like these really great, beautiful friendships and relationships all blossomed from something very terrible happening in the world. That was uh, Josh Wilson is one of those people to me. So I'm, I'm happy to see him here. He's diving into the poker world, but I'm, I'm so glad you showed up, Kim, because at first, I thought I was going to be on the most diverse poker podcast that ever <laughs> existed. And I was just like, man, can we throw another bearded, chubby white guy into the mix, possibly? And thank God Kim showed up. It's true. So it's just, you could just like slap a different name on this. Like, you know, the white supremacy hour, everyone would oh. believe that. So let's... Thank you. Things, yeah. Thank you for introducing that kind of terminology into the first few minutes of the podcast, Joe. You can always count on Joe Stapleton, folks. That's SEO wonderful. is going to go through the roof when that <laughs> thing filters through Google. <laughs> but yes, we are on the uh, chubby, middle-aged, bearded gentleman's club podcast here, as we were saying. It's more, really more of a gentleman. <laughs> so thank you for coming on. And um, Kim's actually quite an active uh, member of our leadership here. She hosts a couple uh, monthly show, uh, uh, study groups and a poker empowerment session. And she's an active member on the leaderboard, of course. Um, so thank you for joining us here. So, Joe, um, last time you were on, we sort of picked your brain about all sorts of things to do with comedy and poker and life in media. Um, what it, now, that, now that you've had a chance to reflect on your time since your last show, it's like kind of like two eras, right? Like you've been on the Rec Poker podcast and now you're in the new chapter of your life. What's that been like? <laughs> that I will always remember the turning point 
of coming on the Rec Poker <laughs> podcast. That's when things really went up and or down for me. Um, when I was when I was on last time, did I had I like gone back to doing comedy yet or not? Was I, I mean, at a crossroads of what I, I kind of do. It's hard for me to imagine you ever just like not doing comedy. So, um, but it, but it sounds like you've made a real pivot back in that direction. Yeah. So yeah, basically, you know, comedy mostly went away, especially if you are not a very famous comedian. Um, you know, it's been hard to get back into it, and I've definitely questioned whether or not it's worth the effort. Um, mm-hmm. And I've ultimately decided that it is for now. Uh, because I like the creative outlet of there being a place where I can say mostly whatever I want, uh, as opposed to when I'm working, when I need to, you know, do my job a, a little bit better than that, than to just say uh, whatever I want all the time. So uh, it's it's helped out a lot to be to be able to voice some things that also like, I, you know, I don't get given a hard time for the things I say online, but they're received differently. It's just received mm. differently. If I want to do a joke about the pandemic, I could do it on stage in such a way that like, even if we don't like line up on every single opinion on things, like you can see the humor in my joke um, as opposed to online where like almost no one sees the humor in anything. And it just ends up being like a fight. And uh, and then I have, I have like a pit in my stomach all day. And then I'm like driving in my car, like pulling over to respond to people. And it's just, you know, and then if I go on stage, I do one joke you don't like, that's it. It's over. We've moved on to the next thing. So, uh, for now, all of that's still going well for me. I'm getting a, it's getting a little tedious, constantly shilling for them. <laughs> like I wish I could just tweet once about it and not have to worry about how many people are going to show up at these shows. You know that at my level, they do expects the wrong word, but there is like a strong preference for you delivering on some members of the audience. And that can be that's the most stressful part of it for me is not only like achieving that, but the way that I achieve it is at great emotional cost a lot of the time Mm. and financial a lot of the time where like I'm inviting people who I know like don't have a ton of money. And honestly, I don't care about the $15 their ticket costs. I just want them to be there. So I end up buying a bunch of tickets a lot of the time or um, I end up like hand holding people that can't just read a link and buy parking <laughs> on their own and know where to ask in a bar. Like, where is the, where is the comedy show taking place? And so they're like texting me and, you know, and people also have sort of expectations in return that, you know, it's hard to pay back on mass. You know, when let's say, um, you know, 10 people come to my show and then three of them are like, oh, well, I have an art exhibition next week and I have this thing and like I want to be there for everybody. Um, and I'm not saying that I shouldn't be, but it'd be nice to finally be at a point where in date where I can like just show up and do my set and leave and like not have any admin mm-hmm. to go along with that and then have like any extra time I put in be just joy, like hanging out afterward because uh, so- I want to. Is that, is that attainable in the professional realm? Like, is that what would be like, what's, how do you, how do we get you there? I guess. Is what I, I don't mean. know how like, we, how we get me there other than time and effort and continuing to do the things the way I do them. Unfortunately, like those stepping stones, those opportunities, you know, like many other businesses during COVID, they dried up a little bit. It yeah. was hard enough to achieve it. 
like let's say for example like two or three people are getting passed at the comedy store every year which is like that's like the pantheon right of having made it um you know now it's like one or you know or no one for a year and a half and Mm -hmm. that sort of has a knock knock on effect so like the spots that lead to those spots there's fewer of those and now there's fewer feeder spots into those spots so um you know, that's where I had to make the decision recently. Hey, do I love this enough? Do Is this enough for me in and of itself uh, without that being the goal? And for two reasons, I decided to continue on. Yes, it was. And B, I just don't want to look like I failed. Mm. Like if mm-hmm. I quit doing comedy, that means somehow I failed at comedy. Like no one ever considers it like, oh, like he just made like a like a pragmatic decision that like he has a good job and like and plenty of friends and like doesn't spend enough time doing other things he likes to do. So he stopped doing comedy. No, it's a failure at comedy. So I'm like, well, fuck that. I'm yeah. not going to ever admit I failed at anything. That's <laughs> so, right. There you go. <laughs> so yeah. So between those two things, we're, we're sticking with it for now. Nice. Well, I think that is just a silly way that humans think about things, right? And it's true for relationships as well. We think about the, like every relationship that you have that you don't end up dead in is a failure in some way or something like that. But no, it's just correct. You know, people have different jobs and different uh, uh, partners and paths and that sort of thing. It's uh, it's uh, uh, part of a rich, full life. So good for you. Yeah. It's um, like when someone used to say to me, like, you're 39 years old. Why, why do you think you're single? And I'd be like, I know it's fucking awesome. Like I'm, it's not because of mistakes I've made. It's because I've orchestrated things incredibly well to get. Here. Yes. <laughs> nice. Okay. So uh, I, I have a question um, because I think comedy is something that, you know, there's this kind of like institutional knowledge. There's this camaraderie, there's this fraternity um, within it that I think when you have a moment like this, that's, you know, two years long, three years where, people aren't as active in it. Um, I feel like there must be some kind of gap that's created. And how, how, how do you, how do you see that playing out? Like what's the, what's the kind of loss for comedy as a whole uh, that we're seeing as, as part of this? Well, that's a really great question. Uh, and one that is I'm and, and answer number six may surprise you. Um, <laughs> the, for me, it's that, I found out who my fair weather comedy friends were and like who were friends with me because I could connect them to people. And because I have a a line on good opportunities and I was running my own show in Vegas, right? Where I was paying the comics and paying their expenses. And what I didn't hear from many, many comics for like two years during the pandemic, I was like, Oh, these are the people that like that, that I was always introducing to bookers and this person runs that show. And now that there's no, people for me to introduce them to I haven't heard from them and that doesn't make me mad at all actually like I don't really care it just means that I'm less likely to waste that sort of energy on you in the in the in the future I don't I don't take it personally well maybe in one case I did but uh for the most part like I don't think that you should have to like when you write me an email asking for a favor like you don't have to be like hey what's up I hope you're well I'm like no just get to the thing it's okay like <laughs> right. don't worry about it and I know most people aren't like that so I don't really fault people for it but I'm like it's cool like if cuz I've been in that situation too right you're like oh fuck now I really need a fucking favor from someone I haven't spoken to in 5 years like how, and I need it quick like how do I approach that so I try to I try to just pay it forward in those cases and don't let them bother me but I think for other people um you know comedy for the for the clicks that did exist I think that those clicks actually got stronger but I think that that's a bad thing 
Like I feel more on the outside of comedy than ever. And I, that's one of the things that I don't love about the way, how it makes me feel is that like, you guys ever been in the casino and you're at a craps table and like, everyone's like, fine, whatever. But there's another table, like two tables away and they're fucking just going, they're having the best time. (laughs) Like they're just like high fiving each other. And like the pit's got to tell them to calm down and everyone's going nuts and spilling drinks. And you look over them and you're like, fuck them. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Fuck you guys. Um, comedy can do that to you, right? When, you, Like recently a bunch of comics at the comedy store who I'm already super jealous of like posted all these photos and videos. Like apparently Quentin Tarantino hung out for like three hours and like let everybody hang out with him and everybody do social media with him and like went into the bathroom with people and like pointed out like pictures on the walls and like everyone was doing it on Instagram. Like I was crazy. I was already jealous. And then I was like crazy jealous that I'm already not in this group and they're doing like cooler things than they even usually do. (laughs) So that kind of, you know, that sort of the shoring up of the comedy circles and and it's now harder to break into them sort of trickles down to, to socially as well. And I feel more, like a outcast outsider in comedy than ever. Mm. Um, which, you know, some of that is self-imposed anytime you kind of feel like you're not accepted in a group. Oftentimes much of it is in your head. Um, but you know, it didn't do anything to help, uh, it in reality or in my imagination. Uh, the fact that, that now people are so much tighter, uh, in that world. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so, and what about uh, what about the poker side of things? Uh, I know it's uh, it's something that has been a part of your life, but it's not something that you're uh, like a passionate player yourself in in your own time. Um, what uh, what's what's next on that front, or who are you talking to about poker these days? Sure, yeah, no, poker has been really really cool in that a as I mentioned, pandemic poker was really great for a lot of us mm-hmm. uh, socially and just sort of like you know keeping keeping roots and keeping connected to people and also for lack of a better word, you know networking too. Uh, but that's an important part of life. That's you know an important part of like our entire you know uh, fish tank is like you got to keep swimming. Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta stay moving. You, if you're not growing, you're dying. So, um, you know, those things helped. And then recently as things have been opening back up again, I've been getting invited to live poker events to kind of go there as a, as a per, you know, as a, a person of interest rather than as a pure customer. And that's been really fun. Nice. Um, I went to Thunder Valley in Sacramento, uh, first week of January, uh, where they're, uh, their poker room manager gave me my own 45 minute headline comedy show, um, which was, I mean, it wasn't just 45 minutes. He said, it's your night, do what you want with mm. it. But I, you know, he saw me for 12 minutes at the Sacramento punchline last time I was in town. And he said, I want you to do a, a whole show though. I don't want 12 minutes. I don't want 20 minutes. I want, and I was like, okay, I'll try to do at least 45. Um, and, and that went really well, except for the fact that it was a very, it was a very intimate crowd, just full of poker people, and so a lot of people mm. felt like that was an invitation for it to be a two-way chat, <laughs> and um, that kind of fucked me up a couple of times. Um, <laughs> not that anyone would notice, and everyone thought it was hilarious when I was telling these drunk idiots to shut up, but right. um, that's not the show I wanted to do. So, th- But drunk idiots are normally really receptive to that kind of helpful feedback. 
Well, they are. Th- to be honest, I don't. We talked about this last time. I like most people that heckle, right? For lack of a better word, they think they're helping. Right. They think they're yeah. helping. Yeah. And yeah. what happened after their show? That's happening multiple times when there's been hecklers. As I take the person I aside and I go, "Look, I'm not mad at you. We're friends, but that was obnoxious, and you need to learn how to behave in a comedy club." And every time I've ever done that, the person looks at me, and I can see the heartbreak in their eyes. And them realizing, holy shit, I wasn't helping. I was actually being rude. And and, and it, they're shocked. They're like, they didn't, they couldn't possibly have realized that. And in all of the cases, they apologize. Because yeah, they're immediately. not. And like, they've got love in their heart, right? Like they're, yes. they're doing it. It's, but you yes. can see that I choo choo choose you moment where the heart breaks right in half. Exactly. Make conversation. Yeah, yes. that's hard. That's and hard. so, you know, the, 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 at least one of the people from Sacramento, after immediately in this moment said, I'm sorry. And then multiple times since then has been like, ah, um, I- I'm really, really sorry. So um, anyway, we're talking about poker. So I get to do cool <laughs> things at live poker now, which yes. is cool being an inviting Excellent. guest to some of these things. Um, still doing Sunday million broadcasts every Monday for poker stars back doing that this year, unless there's a special event going on. By the way, Sunday million broadcasts are on a Monday. They do the final uh, couple tables. On Monday, and Sometimes where where the, can they uh, where can our audience go to find that feed when they want to come and check you out? That's at twitch.tv slash pokerstars, and all of this Excellent. stuff gets advertised on my Twitter is the best way to keep up with me. That's at Stapes. Uh, so we're doing those for for poker stars still, and we're doing the weekly podcast, of course, Poker in the Ears. Did you guys? I'm just going to sound like such a douchey comment, but did you guys get nominated? Are you? Guys- <laughs> I don't think we've. I don't think we've reached the level of notoriety nominated. where we got nominated. Uh, oh, oh, did you get nominated? I, I, I did get nominated. Oh, you yeah, did. Oh, yes, oh yes, congratulations, so, um, Joe. That's and wonderful. And when I say I got nominated, what I mean is that I am the only person that has anything to do with yes. the Poker in the Air's podcast. And no oh, no, you've made me, that and, very clear. And yes. I am self-made, and I yeah. am the only one. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, me, me and Hardy get nominated uh, for uh, Poker in the Ears, which is cool. Mm. Um, you know, our show's a little bit different, uh, which is also cool is that, there, you know, there's not a lot of poker shows all trying to do the exact same thing, even though there are tons and tons of poker podcasts out there. Um, you know, there's different strokes for different folks. I like that. Uh, but we've got some cool guests lined up already for this year. Uh, we closed out last year huge. We had John Hamm, I think, on like one of our last shows of the year, which is fucking cool as hell <laughs> to be able to hang out with him for a little bit. Funny story. So the night that we're like trying to get John Hamm, he came in last minute at the zero hour. I was up all night stressing about it, and he was in Scotland, so we had um, a time delay. And uh, all of a sudden, my friend who was hooking us up, he was like, I can't stay up anymore. Ham, Stapes, Stapes, Ham, you guys know each other. <laughs> and, we, and we do know each other. So then Ham is like bored on set or something, and we're doing like the back and forth, like email jokes, ripping on each other kind of thing. And like... I'm just having like the time of my life, but I'm like, ah, I don't want to take this too far. I don't want to like be the, la- I don't want to be like the guy that, that like they end and then I st- I'm still sending emails. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I like quit while I was ahead in that. Smart. But then the next morning I woke up to give John's email address to our production manager to get his release signed. And it did that thing where when you open someone's contact and like their email address is right there. Like I, get- I went to go long press the email address, but right as I did like the, the like, contact shifted like it updated information or something and I fucking FaceTime John Hamm (laughs) hours 
<laughs> hours after he get, I'm like, oh, thank you for trusting me with this. Like, I wouldn't fuck with this. Yada yada yada. <laughs> and I, it, it only did it for like a second, right? Like I, I was like, ah. Yeah. But I'm like, did that show up? Oh, you know, you now know. What do I do? Do I send like, an, an email being like, "Sorry, I Facetimed you, John Ham. It was an accident." Ha ha. Like I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck to do. <laughs> and uh, I did end up uh, confessing to it. Uh, mm. We were like had a little pre-show chat, and he he said he did see it, but he wasn't terribly concerned by it. So no. Um, there you go. So well, yeah, good. that's what's going on poker wise. I think I'm heading down to Hamul Casino in San Diego uh, for the first. Uh, of February through six to do some more fun stuff for Run Good. Maybe try to book a show while I'm down there. Nice, but yeah, man. Oh, and uh, the EPT, fingers crossed, is going to be back. Right now, we're scheduled uh, for Prague to happen in March. Mm, yeah, right on. Um, I will say that some events we didn't even get to announce at the beginning of the year already got canceled. Uh, yeah, before, I'm sure. Before we told people about them, even so. Uh, fingers crossed this will be the first EPT stop back. And I know Poker Stars, well, I, one of the things I really love about them is when things have been shit for a while, <laughs> they want to come back with like a bang. They really want to come back with like yep. really cool stuff. And hopefully there'll be a PSPC2 announcement, uh, you know, once we get up and running. And I think whatever they come up with for that is going to be even bigger and better than the last one, which, as we know, was probably the biggest, ba- baddest thing that's ever been done in the history of live poker and qualifiers and all that. So, um, so yeah, so we got lots of, we're pretty excited about the coming year. Thank you. No kidding. No kidding. And a, on a personal note and for everyone at rec poker, we're all so pleased about Chad McVean. Yeah. Dave's just putting in the (laughs) chat here as well. Um, What a perfect situation that ended up being. And just all of our, you know, if I didn't have the headphones on, I'd take my hat off to you right now. That's just a wonderful way to reward one of the really great people in the world of poker. So Josh, there's this guy named Chad McVean and he listens to all the poker podcasts. And to be honest, he does such a good job that when you asked me, you were like, Hey, are there any like poker podcasts I should check out? I just went to his page and just copied and pasted (laughs) what he had to say. Uh, And, but so he like reviews every poker podcast every week. And so we had him on the show and we gave him like a prize worth like 30 K. Uh, yeah. as like a, a thank you. So, oh, cool. um, yeah, it was really, really nice to be able to take care of that. And uh, he, he's just a very cool, active member of the compu- uh, community. So, yeah, go Chad indeed. Yeah, absolutely. He's a big part of what we do here. Do at, are any of you furiously jealous with him? Oh, absolutely. Are you okay. kidding? I've already yeah. told him. We <laughs> we had a whole event session. <laughs> no, and he's he's really excited, uh, obviously. And I, I know he's already got some plans to to get get all drilled up and practiced up and uh, get the reps in and go crush it over there. So um, kudos again. Way to go. Um, so thinking about talking about sort of like being close to poker, um, one of the subjects that is on everyone's mind these days is NFTs. Uh, you were kind enough to invite your friend Josh Wilson here uh, to join us. Hello, Josh. Um, hey, guys. Thanks for coming on Mostly the show, man. I want to know more about NFTs. Yes. Well, that's it. That's it. So uh, we, we, uh, we're going to pick Josh's brain a little bit here. Josh is involved in, in the industry. And um, so, I, first of all, poker players generally... They're good at analyzing risk. They're good at sort of like spotting opportunities to invest. I think uh, poker Twitter, you know, was obviously all over crypto well before it got popular. And um, so there's all this kind of 
early adopter attitude about poker uh, poker players generally, I think. Um, so I know a lot of people have heard NFTs. They may even have heard a non-fungible token. Um, but I think they just feel like it's a, it's a PDF for something. It's an image that someone else can't own. Uh, just generally dumb it down for us a little bit and talk to us about NFTs and, and what makes them cool. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That is a really common uh, kind of depiction of the NFT space in general is, you know, you get the general, uh, like, well, it's a JPEG, right? And it's a JPEG <laughs> that you can't hack. And, you know, what's what, where's the joy in that? I could just right click and save it. And then I own it. And, you know, the response is you can also take a picture in front of your buddy's million dollar house. Doesn't mean you live there. Right. So, so basically, uh, yeah, not NFT exact is a non fungible token. It's a crypto asset. And as far as like general education on NFTs, um, Coinbase is the best platform as far as if you're new to the space. Um, if you go to coinbase.com, that's where a lot of people either have or will purchase their first cryptocurrency. And it's, it's a crypto asset that you're purchasing. Uh, typically with Ethereum or Solana, there's a couple of different platforms uh, that support uh, the NFT space in general. And and in its simplest form, it's digital art, right? And you know the the analogy I use over Christmas with my family because my you know now that the word is out that I'm in this industry with my family, right? They're like my 80 year old stepfather trying to explain cryptocurrency to him. I mean, he still drives to the store and buys paper every morning, right? So right. you can imagine how that went. And so. You know, explained to him is basically, you know, when we were all of a certain age, right, and MP3s came out, you know, the majority of the people, myself included on this show, probably said, nobody's ever going to not own a CD. I don't, what's, mm. what's a dig, what's a digital music file? I can never own that. I got to download it on something, right? Or I can't listen to it in my car. Or I want to be able to own it. I want to be able to listen to it whenever I want. Uh, that's really a, a large part of it, right? Is that, you know, things are going digital. Um, another portion of it is it does, you know, because everything's on the blockchain and the blockchain is public record, it eliminates fakes. So imagine if you could buy a painting or, you know, baseball, you know, I'm sure uh, looking at the demographic as Stapes alluded to earlier, we're all card collectors. Uh, you know, we've all done a case break, right? I'd be shocked if anybody on this uh, and, and most of you listening haven't done the case break. So same thing, right? You can go, you can do a case break, you know, you get the kind of the sweat, right? And the excitement of doing that. Maybe you get a good card, then you got to have it graded out, right, and and all that. So, it's also immediate gratification, right? You know, you mint or an NFT. You know, you you get that same sweat of like revealing, you know, a new asset, right, and, and not not sure what you're going to get. And then because it's on the blockchain, you immediately know what you have. Or if you're buying on the secondary market, you can look and see what you know what things have sold for previously, and kind of do your own research in that regard. So. Josh, would you say it's fair uh, that uh, like a, a brief summation is that like you have to like the look of the thing you're buying uh, at this point, that it's mostly to appreciate it as a piece of art. And then sometimes some other things come along with it. But, you know, that really if you look at it as, hey, I just like this art and I want to own it the same way as if you went to an art gallery and you fell in love with something, uh, you know, that's that's really the 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 healthiest way to look at it at this point, right? Uh, yes, and the only thing I'd add to that is, you know, it's it's gambling, right? I mean, it's a speculative asset for sure, just like cryptocurrency is. So, you know, uh, like we always say, not investment advice. Do your own research, right? So sure. that's number one, and just like buying art is a speculative asset too, right? Unless you're buying a Monet or, or Picasso or something like that, right? That has that intrinsic value. But if yeah, one hundred percent. 
the best advice I got when I was starting in the space from our buddy, Jamie, who's a mutual friend of Stapes and I always said to me, you know, if you're buying things to try to flip them, you're doing it wrong, mm-hmm. right? Buy things you love and support projects that are backed by good people. You know, there's a term doxed in the industry, right? So in the fall and winter of last year, all these crappy projects were selling out with these cutesy little characters that had no utility and, you know, with be you know, and it was like, you know, NFT guy 44, right? But there's nobody's there's nobody's face to it. So, you know, there's a couple like you hear the term rug pull, there's a couple scenarios where these guys sold up these projects and promised all this other utility. Mm. And then that never was never realized. So now they but the the good thing is the needs of the consumer the consumers gotten a lot gotten a lot smarter, right? So now, you know, we always I always recommend talking to anybody back projects by people that are fully doxxed, you know, that they know who they are, you know, you know who you're giving your money to, you're investing with. And then the other term aside from, and yes, you got to love the art, right? If it's, you're buying it just to flip it, you, uh, I would never recommend that. Uh, Stapes, to your point, the other thing is utility, right? So what is this? Because it's a non-fungible token, right? So what is that token going to give you access to? You know, and there's there's some really cool projects out there, uh, Board Ape Yacht Club being the biggest one, right? You know, Board Ape Yacht Club started really going crazy when they had a warehouse party in Brooklyn, you know, and only people that were holders could come. And then it it kind of went from this metaverse kind of conceptual thing to in real life. And that's, you know, that was a big jumping off point for them. Uh, so utility is another, another key point too. Yeah. So part of it is kind of the value of its signature and its authenticity itself, right? Like what you could do Correct. with that um, as a framework as well. That's interesting. Um, so if anyone else, just say any of our premium members in the chat here or uh, welcome us on the show, if you have any questions about NFTs or uh, crypto. Um, so maybe one day there'll be a rec poker NFT and to ask a question, you'll have to hold one. Right. See, the, the possibilities are boundless. So I think they're pretty bounded. <laughs> in that case where they use it to get into the yacht club. How do you – so the NFT is on the blockchain, and that says that some wallet ID owns that particular thing. How does a person say that wallet ID number corresponds to me? Because it's still – in other words, how do you prove that you own the wallet that owns the NFT? Right. So it's a good question. So there's a short answer and a long answer. So the short answer is – well, the longer answer is just like I was going to say. I've never known Josh to give the short answer. I anything, always so. take the long way around, but we got time here, so I'm going to give you the in between answer. Everybody has two cents. I give you a buck fifty, so that's how it goes. But uh, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so we in sh- in short, you know, there's companies like Unstoppable Domains and ENS right now that are allowing you to tie in, as opposed to having a wallet, a 16 to 20 character wallet ID, are allowing you to say so. Mine, for instance, JPW.eth. Right, Stapes is Stapes.eth, right? So you know that Stapes's personality, that Stapes is home in in the in the decentralized internet and web three, right? So that that's there's so there's companies like Unstoppable Domains being my personal favorite that is allowing making that more possible so that you can tie in that wallet ID to your you know decentralized internet uh, personality, if you will, presence portfolio page. Um, there's other companies, the, sh- the short answer is there's other companies that uh, there's one company whose name doesn't come to mind now, but we're, the, we're actually using on my project that, so when we have live events, they verify the, your wallet. There's a bit of code there, right? And they verify it. And then they send you a ticket. 
And then when you go to the event, what they'll do is they'll take the ticket that you got from your wallet and they'll match it up to your ID. So that ticket's issued to you, John Tomsky, right? And so in your wallet number, blah, 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 whatever. And then when you go, they're like, okay, this ticket was issued to John Tomsky. Here's your ID. John, you're good to go. Come on in. So uh, that's how that works. Cool. Great. Now I got to change my wallet ID now that you've told everyone what it is. <laughs> yeah, guys, now everybody, millions of podcast listeners across the world. Yes. Now, now they're going to have to have Web 4.0. Josh just ruined 3.0. I blew it, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot, Josh. Thanks a lot. Uh, so I'm kind of curious about if you have any theories as to why there's such a, a large overlap between the poker world and the crypto world, the poker world and the NFT world, or uh, uh, or or am I just seeing that because I'm on the inside and is it actually actually a wider spread phenomenon than that. What's uh, your take on that? No, 1000% you're correct. It's not, you know, there's a saying you can't read the label from inside the jar, right? So mm. it's not just that we're all poker people and this is the only world we know. Your your assumptions are correct. I mean, we've, I've talked to friends at uh, research firms like McKinsey that say, you know, there's not an exact number, but if, if, the, if the real world outside of poker is like 13%, 14% adoption rate, you know, in the poker world, it's like 60 or 70%, yeah. you know, between between just general awareness of crypto and NFTs in general. So that's the first thing. And so the second thing is we were all the freaks and geeks. You know what I mean, right? Like mm-hmm. when we were growing up, I mean, I don't know if anybody here was the coolest kid in school. I mean, maybe Stapes, but probably, <laughs> probably not. Probably Stapes. He'll, he'll tell probably, you anyway. Definitely not, not cool. Stapes. That was definitely not cool at all. <laughs> no, so you know what I mean, right? So that there's a little bit of that like kind of computer geek, like gamer, you know, angle to it. And the last thing is we're all gamblers, right? So fuck it. I mean, you know, if I can... <laughs> You know, I mean, that's my attitude. A lot of times is, I mean, I've, you know, this is a whole do your own research and I, I talk all this like great, I tend to give better advice and I'm terrible at following it. And mm-hmm. I will buy something because some guy I played poker with, you know, on poker stores two weeks ago was like, Oh, this project's sick. And I'm like, cool. $2,000 in NFT done. Like, you know, so I just, cause I'm a gambler and I just don't give a shit. And I, you know what I mean? And I, and I, and I give good advice and I don't follow it. So I think that's yeah. a big part of it too. Well, trust me, the world of poker coaching is a lot of uh, giving good advice that we don't follow. I assure you. <laughs> yeah. no, no doubt about that. I, uh, I was, I was at, I'll tell a, a quick, a quick Vegas story. I was with my, my, my good friend, Scott Blumstein. We were in from Vegas one time and Scott's given me a lot of really good gambling advice because Scott won the main event, you know, and Scott's a, you know, a professional gambler. And, and we're there one time he said, you know, never bet parlays. I'm a big sports gambler. Never oh. bet parlays. Only the house wants you to bet parlays. I was like, okay, Scott, we're hanging out one night, having a couple of drinks. And he, I, he said, I'm going to go put it in bet for us. And he came back with a hundred dollar parlay. And I said, <laughs> Scott, what's this? He said, fuck it, run vacation. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean, but, you know, that's Blumstein's a great example of that. Great friend, uh, unbelievable, you know, talent, unbelievably talented card player. But, you know, sometimes you're just vibing out. Just, yeah. Whatever. I don't know. He's, you know so. he's, he's there to have fun too, right? That is that, part yes, of it. Yes, he is. Yes, well, he this is, is the, the rec poker. You know, the rec is for recreationals because even though we're, uh, uh, we might be serious amateurs, but we enjoy it. We're doing it for the love of the game. And that that is part for of sure. it. And I know you're a big poker fan as well. And so, you've developed kind of this crossover event um, between NFTs, cryptocurrency, No Limit Hold'em. Can you tell us a little bit about that and uh, how people can get involved? Because it looks extremely cool. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's so so the name of the project is called Crypto Hold'em. That's the, uh, the hat here. And so Crypto Hold'em is exactly what you just said. It's it's the first live NFT Texas, uh, Texas Hold'em, you know, No Limit Texas Hold'em NFT community. So it's a living and breathing community on Discord. Um, free to join, free to play. We play poker every day there. Uh, you know, we first got going like August, September-ish and, you know, had to, kind of our initial phase was like this awareness phase of gathering information, talking to people in the community. 
Um, we have a huge number of international players uh, that are on. So, and now we're kind of in phase two, which is a play, learn and earn phase. So we're just, we're playing poker every day. We've got, we play six days a week in qualifiers and then we have our master's tournaments are on Wednesdays. So we're going to have uh, a ton of chances to win whitelist spots. You know, the whitelist spot for those of you new to the space is there's always kind of the, the public on sale and then there's a whitelist spot. So think about it. Like if you're a fan club of a band, you know, you're the fan club usually gets the better price and, you know, an earlier window, same type of thing. So if you join the discord um, crypto hold'em, and the link will be uh, here in the chat, I think, after we're done. But if you join the Crypto Hold'em Discord, you're active in the Discord, you can earn a whitelist spot, and that enables you to purchase before the public on sale at a, at a reduced rate. But basically, we, we talk about uh, access prizes and education, right, APE. And, and what we're going to offer is access to some really cool live events. Um, we're going to be sending... We have three years of utility built out for the project. So if mm. you choose to invest in the project, um, every year we're going to send a player to the uh, World Series Poker main event. So we're going to pay the 10K entry fee, airfare and hotel, uh, which would be a great, especially for recreational players, right? People, oh, hell yes, yeah, sir. You know, yeah. People that I know, like me, I don't have 10K to... <laughs> go get go get my ass kicked, you know, and just say I played for a day, you know. So, um, so a great uh, great feature for recreational players. We're also because of a lot of our international folks, we're going to have a five k buy in for the bracelet event, the main event online. So we're going to send one player to each of those uh, for the next three years. We're going to have a live event in Vegas this year. It will be we're still waiting for the WPT to announce the schedule, but sometime in Julyish. Um, where that we you know when and when or near that final table is going to be going off. We're going to be having a huge member event, a la Board API Club, where if you're a holder, you have exclusive access, and you can come come join us. And then education, we partnered with Masterclass. Hmm. So if you've uh, heard of those guys, those yeah. those two guys, those two guys that nobody's ever heard of, called Phil Ivy and Daniel Negreanu, who um, <laughs> you know have classes on there. Um, and Phil and Daniel are not a you know, not affiliated with the project, but um, they have classes on there. So we partner with Masterclass. So anybody that buys our NFT will have a one month subscription to Masterclass with the idea that they can take that, the Phil and Daniels class and any other classes. So, you know, we want to be able to save the straight face. If, you, if you're buying to our project, you're going to have a chance to win some great prizes. You're going to have access to poker events uh, all over the world, and you're going to have the chance at educating yourself on how to be a better player. So, right on, Josh. Well, it sounds like a cool project. So, Thanks, uh, sum, sum it all up. Uh, where's the one place that people can go to get more involved and to, to find out more about it? Absolutely. Yeah. So, the best place is to go to our Discord. Um, if you're not a Discord person, and uh, I get it, um, go to our Twitter page, just like Stapes. Uh, the Twitter is at, is at Crypto Hold'em NFT. So if you go to Crypto Hold'em NFT um, on Twitter, you can link to our Discord. If you're on Discord, it's Crypto Hold'em NFT. We're pretty much Crypto Hold'em NFT anywhere. Right on. Yep. So that's a place to check us out. Well, thanks, Josh. And I hope if our listeners or the folks that are watching uh, watching along on YouTube get a chance to uh, uh, tap them on Twitter and say we uh, they heard them on the podcast. And if they have any questions about crypto or NFTs, or this kind of stuff, you can reach out to Josh, as he says there. I see we got um, a couple comments in the chat here. Um, Dave says, uh, Joe, I gave away my VR goggles. Could I have gone to that online show you did a little while ago if I didn't fall asleep before it started? Oh, no. So part of the uh, that, that big show I did up in Sacramento where I did the headline set and there was heckling and all that, this buddy of mine that we started podcasting together years and years ago, and we've gone our separate ways professionally, but still try to check in every once in a while he bought a comedy club in the metaverse oh um, 
Yeah, and so uh, there are a couple of different metaverses, and one of them is called Portals, and he, for real money, bought a, a comedy club like in their downtown area of the Portals metaverse, and he convinced me to simulcast my comedy show uh, into the metaverse. So you did not need VR goggles for it. So the, <laughs> the metaverse will eventually be, you know, something that we, it becomes more like a real world. We walk around it at the moment. This particular one is just a web page um, and you create a little avatar. It takes about 30 seconds and you run around in this um, in this virtual comedy club. And like a real comedy club, it had capacity issues. I think we were limited to 35 people or something Mm. that could be in there. Uh, And then what you do is you decorate it with NFTs. So like, (laughs) let's say that you, you buy like, like a a crypto hold them NFT and you're like, and you have like a poker room in your metaverse thing. You can hang it on the wall there, uh, which is another one of the things like the utilities of NFTs Mm -hmm. eventually are going to be like little props in your, uh, in your sort of fantasy metaverse world. So you did not need the VR goggles for that. I am concerned that you got rid of your VR goggles in general. Uh, <laughs> like a lot of cool VR stuff going on out there. <laughs> but on the one hand, I also do kind of understand because v- VR is like, it's a, it's a, it's an ordeal when you do it. Right. Like it's, yeah, it's like swimming. Like you can't like swim and do other things. Ah, uh, yes. Right when you're in VR, you can only be in VR, and it's like a pain in the butt to take a drink, to go to the bathroom, to uh, to whatever, whatever. Okay, you got eye issues. Sure. Well, that that makes sense. Evil Roy, good to see you, by the way, buddy. I've known Evil Roy for a long time. What's up, homie? I was so, going to yeah. say you're no stranger to Evil Roy here. I'm sure. Speaking of uh, po- poker podcast aficionados, I mean, Evil Roy, didn't you do v- music videos for us? I know no. he was on. He was on a, an episode uh, in the last little while. There was, I think, he did performed well in a trivia uh, okay. contest. No, what's right? the music video guy? No, I did the versus tapes thing. Right, and then yeah, I was but, a poker rope guy too, a long time ago. But yeah, that that I remember for sure. I thought you were a Huff and Stapes guy too, right? A little bit. Little bit. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, Dave's. Dave's one of our uh, premium members, and um, we like to do things as a community here. So every week, our, our Wrecking Crew members are here to ask questions and uh, to get involved. And our premium members come along, and they're welcome to join the panel too. So uh, this is we're we're starting a few things differently, like Joe, I was telling you earlier, uh, as part of this roll into 2022. So if you're listening at home or watching at home, um, if you're a premium member, come on and uh, join the panel and you can talk to cool people like Joe Stapleton and Josh Wilson, excuse me, Josh, sorry, uh, Josh Wilson, about all the exciting, uh, great stuff that they're bringing to the show and uh, whoever else we bring from time to time as well. We get some fun folks here. So come come and join along. Um, All right. Well, thank you, Joe and Josh. We're going to start talking about our uh, home game events next and all the exciting stuff that we got coming up there. Um, But it's always a pleasure. Uh, Do you guys care if I sit here and troll your home game results? Oh, that would be awesome. Please do. Nothing would make us happier. How long does this go on for? I mean, honestly, I'll tell you. So the home games is like a few minutes. We get through the list of winners and then we're going to talk about a few things that's going on this week and then we're out of there. So troll us. Do your worst. I'll stick around to the end. All right. Yes, we got him, guys. We got him. We get him. Guys. We got him with the reverse psychology. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. My it's my wife's birthday today. Otherwise, I would stick oh, around too. So. Yes, sir. Okay. I well, to, I need to go birthday, uh, get the hell Thank out you. of here. Yeah. Thank exactly. All right, Josh. Take her, take her to dinner for somebody else, though. So I appreciate yep. you, boys. Yep. Thanks for having me on. All right. Take All right, care. Cheers.
Take care. Oh, that's fine, Bye-bye. man. He gave us way too much time if it's his wife's birthday. Ah, but- he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's clear which one of those has the better life. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so for our nightly events, we have Carl 0621. Carl Anderson oh, yes. won his first nightly event for the year. Carl, how'd you ever come up with that name? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Deuces Wild 810. Kevin Kaloff won his first nightly victory for the year. East Coast Spitter Ben. Yes, Ben. His- First nightly victory for the year. Nice. And Keto Man 335, Kian Tavakoli, got his first nightly victory for the year. Can I ask a question about what's happening right now? Yes. yes. Is this like, um, is this like you uh, know about all these things that are happening, or this is kind of like getting your name on the birthday board at Shakey's? Like they let you know, they call you and they go, oh, I have my win, and then you give them a shout out. This is actually done in a Poker Stars home game. That so I set up all of these tournaments and okay. I have all the results come to me. Got so, it. got it. So this it, isn't like just random people that you don't know being like, I had my first win this week. Can you? Know oh, no. You know? oh no! Oh no! This okay. is this so is, John. John. John isn't comfortable talking about it, but John runs an obscene number of online home game tournaments for us. Uh, that's awesome. That's yeah, really cool. There's it like, actually started. They said, "Hey, could we do just a tournament a month?" And I said, "One oh, a month." Sure. I can do one tournament a month. That's no problem whatsoever. (laughs) And then we got to talking and saying, hey, what about mixed games? Okay, two tournaments a month. No limit, hold them on the first Wednesday, then uh, a mixed game the second Wednesday. Perfectly reasonable. Then COVID hit. And they said, oh, this is all (laughs) pre-COVID? This is all (laughs) pre-COVID. Then COVID hit. And it was like, oh, what about one a day? Just said, just while we're in this odd quarantine time yeah, and everyone just, else to right, stay home. Exactly. Well, just for a few weeks and then we'll see what happens afterwards. We'll just try. Well, it. Uh-huh. I guess I could do that. <laughs> oh, by the way, Saturday, some of the international people would like different times that they could play. Oh, OK. Four on Saturday. You got it. So now anyway, we do about 500 tournaments a year that I've got to keep track of. And these are the winners of those tournaments. <laughs> that Hey, that's really cool, though. I'm glad I asked that question. Um, yeah. it, and it sounds like a really cool community to be a part of. It, it is. It's, it's actually really a lot of fun. Yeah. And and the nice thing is these are all play money games. So no mon- no real money is actually um exchanging hands or anything that's non-fungible whatsoever (laughs) so you know what's weird is that um when i started playing poker stars vr um this guy his his name in there is look to winward he said the most brilliant thing i've ever heard he goes it's not real money but it is life or death yes yeah yes exactly that's just the fucking best way to describe you know folks that really are just there for love of the game like they're just there because they love playing poker and that's really cool and i'm uh, i'm glad that you're out there for people hey you probably do this already can anyone just join this or what's absolutely all you need to do is sign up for rec.poker get an account there Enter your PokerStars username in your account info in Rec Poker, and then I'll approve you to the home game, and you can play whenever you want. That's really cool. All right. Yeah. it's And, and people have talked about it. I, I, I'm i not making this up. People say it's the toughest play money home game 
that they've played in. People are there to learn. People are there to share their ideas with other people. It's very friendly. Everyone's always chatting with each other. And uh, um, we take hands from it and post it in the forums and talk about it in the show and that kind of thing. It's a big part of what we do. And it's all because of this guy over here, John Somsky. God, I would love to do an experiment where you take like one GTO player and put them in your game for like six months and see. Mm. I, I bet they would struggle. I, I, yeah, I think that I, I think it's our tool would do pretty well. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. Yeah. When you're, yeah. when you're playing against a bunch of people that don't play the way you expect it, them to yes. play, it's, yes. it can really befuddle yep. pros. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is a lot of fun. It is, sure is. Um, and uh, yeah, Dave says that that's how that's how I took Poker Road home game to life or death. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we and I guess Joe, for just to give all the information, we play for these little rec poker pins. The the, the games are free, but we mail out these little pins to the winners um, over the course of a year that so they can go represent uh, represent us and and show their pride and uh, a little something for bragging rights. So you you might see a few of the guys have. I mean, a few of them have some pins up on their hats. You know, mm-hmm. Some of them, some of them do. Anyway, that's pretty dope. That explains all the hats more than the baldness. <laughs> There's a little of that. Too. It can be both. It can be both. <laughs> all right. Then we have K Poker Wannabe. Ron Payton Ooh. got his firstly victory, first nightly victory for the year. That's right. Noah twelve ninety one. Noah Anderson won the daily mixed game uh, challenge. Another Anderson. That's uh the Andersons are kind of taking over. We might have like a Moss situation over here soon. Oh yeah, we might need to be careful about that. <laughs> uh, then uh, the nine a.m. international event did not go because not enough people signed up for it before the tournament started. Mm-hmm. But we did have the two p.m. event, and Trey three seventy one Thomas Pena got his first international victory for the year. Nice. And Keck Geek, Mark Kiki, hey. won his first LPP Sunday event. So he <laughs> can contact Jim at rec.poker and get one free month at Learn Pro Poker. Fantastic. Andrew, Way to go for Mark. Contact Jim at Rec Poker to get your butt kissed. <laughs> <laughs> that's a full suite of services that we offer yeah, here at Rec Poker. Go. But great to go for Mark uh, Mark, Kik- uh, Mark uh, Kiki. Yeah, email me, Jim at Rec.Poker, and I'll send you that link to your free month of Learn Pro Poker, just in case you've got some time. Uh, I hope you get a chance to enjoy this. I know the Kikis are a very busy family. Mark and his son, Jacob, are both uh, killers at the poker table. So um, that's, I'm not surprised at all to see them in the winner's circle. And actually, I have one announcement to make on that uh, note. Eric Anderson, who won the uh, Learn Pro Poker Tournament last week, emailed me and said, you know what, guys? I have a lifetime membership to LPP already, so give that prize to somebody else and he wanted to give it to the All person right, i'll take it yeah and is the person that makes him the most happy in the whole world joe stapleton uh he said to give it to the person who bubbled the final table in this sunday's tournament so we took a look at the results eric actually looked it up himself and it's a uh, night owl one the canadian player night owl so uh night owl if you're listening send me an email jim at rec.poker and you have uh, earned a free month at lpp which you will really enjoy i'm sure I believe that is Chris Ruim, Ah, if my right. memory serves. Yeah, so he's no stranger to the winner's circle. I know I've seen his name before. That makes yep. uh, a lot of sense. All right. Well, uh, let me see. What else do we want to talk about before we uh, get on out of here, gang? I know, um, Joe, you mentioned a Run Good event. Um, yeah, Chris, I know, has to go because he's starting the our monthly seminar with Dara O'Carney in about 15 minutes. So. Okay. <laughs> 
now. So I just, I just want to jump on and say uh, this month in the seminar, we're doing a satellite uh, play. So if you're interested in learning about how to uh, qualify for bigger events, uh, come listen to that. Cause it'll be up on the uh, site pretty soon. And then I just wanted to also mention um, on behalf of uh, Taylor Moss, uh, we are starting to gear up for our second ever Ma Rec Madness. So yes. uh, we will be having um, a bunch of heads up play, uh, which will be uh, coming to you in bracket style um, all throughout March. So uh, stay tuned for details of that because we're 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 just about ready to get get that going. That's and you'll be, be awesome. able to fill in your bracket too and say who you think is going to win. Yeah, I was talking to website Mark um, about putting that together just this week. So, uh, Joe, we do a, like a March Madness ladder style heads up tournament. And um, and actually, I don't know, I'll put you on the spot right now. Um, if you were really like a really nice person, you would offer to help us with some commentary in the booth or something like that for one of these or uh, get. <laughs> oh, I did put him on. I'm not. No, Joe. So, hold on a second. Hold on a second. One is that I have certain exclusivity. Oh, that makes perfect sense. However, if this is something that's happening in a poker star's home game and it, it, it true, you know, there are, there is no money changing hands. I, I'm not drawing dead mm. uh, to be able to do it. <laughs> All uh, right. One, you know, um, so I'll say it's a possibility, but also, you know, it's just it's schedule permitting. And oh, yeah, I, I'm I'm happy to do things uh, for people that uh, that are kind of like work for me as long as they happened at convenient times where I'm not like giving up something else I want to do. So I'm pretty nice, uh, <laughs> Joe, when it comes uh, to that sort of thing. So l- let's talk. Send me the details. We'll We'll see if I can do it. Okay, I, I got I got halfway through saying it as a joke, and then I realized that you might actually think I was serious, and now I think that you might actually do this, which is the coolest freaking. Oh thing wait, ever, no! Now understand. you're going to tell me actually it was a joke. We don't no. want you. Is that no? What's I, it's it's, it's like, unattainable. Oh, How, we're not going to get Joe freaking Stapleton into the booth. Are you kidding? This guy is like way beyond our reach. There's no chance. He would never oh, man, do it. You just led me down the primrose path so fucking hard. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm like going, I'm like, well, I have to check with legal. And you're like, no, 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 we don't want you. Like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> well, uh, in all seriousness, it was, uh, I shouldn't have put you on the spot, but I, it would make our dreams come true. So I will reach out. Uh, we'll see what we can do. That's okay. Like um, when I said goodbye to John Hamm on my podcast, he was like anytime. And I'm like, I know you don't believe that. <laughs> I know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you're very kind. Um, you did mention the the Run Good event um, that you're going to be enjoying down uh, in February. Yes. Uh, we love Run Good. We we yeah. uh, partner up with them all the time. We're actually heading down to Council Bluffs uh, for the Iowa trip. Tim Fritz is going to be there. Um, Andrew Feist is going to be down there doing a couple of meet and greets and that kind of thing as well. Um, what what do you like so much about Run Good? Why are they uh, Why are they such a fun group? Well, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like I like be- why I like being here. Um, it's a really great community. The purpose of it is it's fun to win money, but it's not the it's not the main reason why people are there. Um, I mean, look, there's there's like very few pros that go to it because the buy-in's right. like a little too. It's like not really worth a pro's time to go play a five fifty main event. Perfect. So, that's in my wheelhouse. That's the kind of money that if I won a tournament like that, I'd be super, super happy. And when I lose, like I can deal with it. Um, and the other comparison to this uh, particular group here is that like people are happy to see me there. Like, people are just like, 
<laughs> oh wow, it's Joe Stapleton. Like this is a good get for us, and I like that feeling. Yes. I like yeah. feeling like I'm a good get, and I'm making people happy. And then when I take a photo with somebody that they're like genuinely thrilled to have met me, like that's cool. Like. I'm fucking in this to be famous, so why not like go be famous somewhere for a couple days? Yeah, enjoy it. God damn, Rob, are you get a chance to do any? Have you, is it still on your bucket list to get to a run good event? Oh, I'd like to, but it's a little little far right now. Yeah, you're not going to be making it to Iowa, I don't think. No, I'm not going to make it to Iowa. San Diego would be closer. Yeah, well, <laughs> what are you, what are these? What are you in, like Columbia or some shit? <laughs> no, I'm in Arizona. Oh, oh, Arizona. Arizona. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it, I don't see any other questions in the chat. Joe, you've been so kind. You gave us way longer than I asked you for. You're just such a gentleman. I love uh, hearing from you here in the booth. And um, I hope we get a chance to talk again real soon. Um, yeah, buddy. Send me, go ahead and send me the details for that other thing. I'll, I'll see what I can do. What a guy. All right. You're going to hear from me. So thank you again uh, to our uh, sponsors, Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino and website AMP. And I want to thank John Somsky, Dave, Rob, Kim, uh, Josh, of course, Tim and Joe and everybody else who's listening. Thanks, team. Thanks.